What up, nerds? My name is Mark, and I'm your host for Bible Thump this week. I'm the lead pastor of Lux Digital Church, and I'm so excited that you're watching this video. Thanks for stopping by and hanging out with us. You know, one of my favorite stories that you can find throughout the Bible is the story of the book of Exodus. From the time I was a child, I've been told the story of the time that the Jews left the nation of Egypt and went out to find freedom in the promised land. And there's a lot of really great passages that come from that. But I love one in particular, and it comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 14. But before I get into all of that, I want to ask you a couple of questions. You might be in a stage of life right now where you're kind of feeling like you're between a bit of a rock and a hard place. Like you're not exactly sure which way to turn, and it feels like you can't make the right decision. I think all of us have been there at least a time or two before. We've been in a situation in life where it just feels like we don't have any good choices that we could make. And it seems like we might be in danger or there might be trouble looming or like something is going to go really wrong in our lives. And I've had lots of times like that in my own life where it just felt like I was in a lose-lose situation. Like there was nothing that I could do to get out of the situation that I found myself in. And it can seem really defeating sometimes when life is like that. You know, maybe you're going through a breakup or a relationship is falling apart. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks and it's a huge struggle. Maybe you're already in a bad financial position, but then you've also just lost your job. Or or maybe, let's say you're trying to find a job that'll pay the bills, but you don't have the experience that most places require. So you can't figure out how to find a job that's going to pay well enough in order to make ends meet. Uh, there's always situations in our life where we find ourselves between a bit of a rock and a hard spot, where it just seems like we need to, I don't know, rally and figure out a way to overcome the obstacles. And, and for me, because I'm a bit of a self-starter and a go-getter, I have this natural tendency to just sort of like get up and go into like the fight or flight mechanism. And, and I want to fight. Like I just want to go all in. I want to be able to, you know, prove people wrong and get something done and build something new because it's just my natural inclination. But some of us aren't like that. Some of us are flight type of people, right, where naturally, whenever we're stuck between a rock and a hard spot, that we end up sort of, I don't know, shrinking back or uh, sort of uh, giving up, maybe maybe giving in, maybe surrendering a little bit or 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 maybe just sort of like, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm totally out. And there's a lot of people inside of nerd culture who struggle with exactly that, right? When they feel like they're in a tough situation and there's no clear way out, they stay in bed. And then there's some of us who just freeze, right? We don't do anything at all, right? Some of us fight, some of us flee, some of us freeze. And we're just sort of like, uh, I don't know what to do. I, I, I just feel trapped and I just feel stuck. But I think as people who know Jesus and who follow him, we actually have a better solution than fight or flight or freeze. I think that we have a solution that we can actually find in the book of Exodus, but then you can also find it throughout the Bible. And I'm going to call that fourth way, rely. And let's explore what I mean by that. Well, let's first give a quick history lesson of the Israelites so you can understand a little bit about their perspective and you can put yourself in their shoes for the story that I'm about to tell you. So the Israelites are a grouping of people that have never really had much of a national identity. They don't really know who they are or who their God is. 
for example, the Bible teaches us that in the very beginning that God created Adam and Eve, and he placed them in a place called the Garden of Eden. But eventually they get sent out of the Garden of Eden, and we see a long list of stories that sort of explain why there's multiple languages and people groups, along with some stories about why there's death and murder and destruction, and it's this slow degradation of the world until God hits the reset button and floods the area, killing everybody except for one family. He then restarts now with a group of people who are omnivores instead of vegetarians, which I think Adam and Eve probably mostly were, and he allows them to eat the meat of animals and tells them to repopulate the earth. And so we see Noah and his family doing that. And right after that, we see this new character come on the scene. It's a guy named Abram. Now, Abram does not yet know God, but he comes from a line of people who've been faithful to God in the past. Abram has a conversation uh, with God, and in that conversation, God insists that he is going to bless Abram and his family. He'll be called Abraham, his wife will be called Sarah instead of Sarai, and they're going to have children that are going to multiply and be as vast as the stars in the sky. It's a pretty bold promise for an old man that hadn't been able to have any kids. The Bible then continues to follow the story of these three men, Abraham, his son Isaac, and Isaac's son Jacob. We follow the story of what we call the patriarchs. And towards the end of that story, we see Jacob, Abraham's grandson, who has 12 sons, a huge family to two different women, which we're not going to get into today. The point is, he has this enormous family, and one of his youngest sons, Joseph, becomes his favorite because he's the firstborn of the favorite wife. Joseph ends up being sold into slavery into the land of Egypt, and that's where we get the Israelites in the land of Egypt. In a horrible famine that was dominating the entire region, in a crazy turn of events, David goes, David, sorry, Joseph goes from son to slave to prisoner, and then finally, basically to prince, where he becomes the second in command of the entire land of Egypt and prepares them for this great upcoming famine. And his father and brothers who had betrayed him in the past end up coming to Egypt seeking sanctuary and food so that they and their families don't die. And their brother gives them exactly that. He forgives them and he moves them to this wonderful, beautiful land along the Nile River called Goshen. And it's there that God incubates an entire nation. And we hit the fast forward button and jump 400 years. 400 years into the future, everyone has forgotten about Joseph and his family. And the Egyptians have grown in number, but not nearly as fast as the Israelites. And in fear that the Israelites will begin to dominate the country, the Egyptians decide to enslave them. And so for hundreds of years, the Israelites, the Hebrew people, are slaves to Egyptian overlords, forced to build build temples and palaces and monuments for them. They cry out to God in desperation, and God sends them a deliverer, a man named Moses. And now we found ourselves in the book of Exodus. Moses comes, and the classic story, if you grew up inside the church or went to Sunday school at all, all of the amazing plagues and the frogs and the blood and the angel of death and the fire from heaven and the Passover and all of the stuff happens. And the Israelites or Hebrews end up leaving Egypt and heading for a new promised land called Canaan. Now, the story I want to tell you actually takes place at one of the most miraculous signs that we see in all of the book of Exodus. The stage is set with the Israelites crowded together on the edge of the Red Sea. 
Now, we know that God ends up parting the Red Sea, or if you're familiar with the Bible, you know that God ends up parting the Red Sea and the people pass through the center of it. But we're not at that part yet. The part that we're at, the Red Sea, is still very much in place. And all of a sudden, the Hebrew people begin hearing the sound of roaring chariots and a loud army. Because Pharaoh's had enough and decided to take the Hebrews captive again and bring them back to slavery so they can work for him. So he's marched his army out to attack this grouping of ex-slaves that have no military force, military training, or army. And he's going to either slaughter them or capture them. And it's a pretty desperate situation. So put yourself in the shoes of these Hebrews. You grew up as a slave and all you've ever known is slavery. Uh, You don't know who your God is, but you know the Egyptian gods well. You've lived through a time where you saw tremendous plagues and some foreign God who claims to be your God do miraculous things through this strange man that wandered out of nowhere who claims to be a former prince of Egypt named Moses. You and your family have packed up your belongings and your Egyptian brothers and sisters and neighbors ended up giving you a lot of the gold and jewelry and things that they had as you departed. It's been a really odd couple of weeks and now you're headed out and you're right along the Red Sea outside of Egypt and you realize that with the Red Sea in front of you and the armies of Egypt behind you, there's not many places to go. You're in between a rock and a hard spot. You have no good choices available to you. You can fight, but you'll surely die because you don't have an army. You can flee, but you'll surely drown because there's the Red Sea. Or you could freeze, which is just going to land you back in slavery if it leaves you alive at all. And then there's this incredible passage in Exodus 14, 14. The The New International Version says it this way. Moses gets up and addresses the entire nation thousands and thousands of Hebrews that were former slaves. And he says this, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Now, I don't know about you, but the last thing that I would want to be in a situation like that is still reliant. The last thing I want to do in just about any situation when I'm in a rock and a hard spot is be still. I almost always want to fight or flee. But Moses tells them, just trust God. Just trust him. And sure enough, a pillar of fire comes from heaven and defends them against the oncoming Egyptian army. They can't get past it. And then God sends a mighty wind that splits the Red Sea in half and gives them a way forward. And he provides deliverance for them. In two things that the Jewish people couldn't possibly have imagined would happen. They end up being delivered from the hands of the Egyptians and brought safely to the other side of the Red Sea. I don't know what situation you're in today. I don't know what rock is on one side of you and hard spot is on the other. I don't know what lake or river or sea is on one side of you and army is on the other. But if I had to guess, you've made it this far in the video. It's because you're facing some pretty tough situations. Maybe you're facing a divorce, loss of a job, the loss of a child, maybe something else. Maybe you really feel like you're between a rock and a hard spot, an army and a sea. Be still. Rely on God. The Lord will fight for you. We need only to be still. I realize that might be hard to believe for you right now. 
And I realize you might need to place your faith in God and trust in him and see him deliver you because you just can't believe it today. But I just want to encourage you. The Lord will fight for you. He'll defend you. He'll deliver you. You need only to be still. Hey, I want to thank you for hanging out with us for Bible Pump today. One more time, my name is Mark. I'm the lead pastor of Lux Digital Church. We're so glad that you decided to stop by and hang out with us. If I was going to tell you one other thing that I would love for you to check out, I'd love for you to stop by our website today at luxdigitalchurch.com slash Uganda and check out some of the child sponsorship opportunities that we have there. We partner with an orphanage in Kagati, Uganda, that we're incredibly proud to be able to partner with. There's a link on that website to our documentary, and you can learn more about it there. And you can pick a child straight from that list to begin sponsoring today and help be both the protection and the deliverance for an orphan in Uganda. Thanks for watching Bible Thump this week. Be sure to come back next week for our next episode of Bible Thump here at LTN.